everyone, Lauren from Bone Chillers Podcast here today. Um, welcome to episode number nine. Um, I've got a very special guest with me today. Um, so say hi to Hale. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hale, well, um, I, I have learned that Hale is a is has a particular interest in serial killers. So that is where we're, what we're going to explore today and hopefully in the future. Um, but to begin, I would like to ask you some intro questions. So, right. Hale, what is your favorite horror film, book, video game, media, anything you can think of? So, favorite horror movie is probably um, Paranormal Activity, just because things like that, like that, are set, are realistic, are like terrifying to me. Right. I've never actually seen that movie because I'm too afraid to watch it. Oh god, I watched it. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> and I was watching it with a friend and I had to be like all, you know, big and tough or whatever. Right. But I was so scared. And um yeah, so I mean anything like that that's like realistic, like found footage just gives me the chance. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember like when it came out and people were actually putting salt in their doorway. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> that was very strange. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not fun. But... No. So what is the, what is the premise of that movie? Is it just that there's like ghosts in a particular house? Yeah. So they move yeah. into an old house and they're like, Whoa, something weird is happening. You know, like in every other scary movie. Mm. but they're like oh uh like let's make a home movie about us moving into this new house like we have a baby and everything's everything's great and then like weird things start happening so they start leaving like the camera recording overnight and like it shows (laughs) like the door why would you do that i know like why (laughs) would you want to see that (laughs) i know um, but it shows, like, you know, the doors swinging open and then, like, a demon lady standing over them as they sleep. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. And there's, like, a lot after... Like, how, I don't know how many sequels there are, there's but have you so seen many. Any of those? Are there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There's, like, five or six, I think, and I've seen them all. <gasps> like, we... I, have you? Well, you're very brave. <laughs> <laughs> we binge-watched them, like, <laughs> over two days. <laughs> Oh my god, how did you sleep? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, I would be, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch that movie because I will just never, I literally will never sleep again. Yeah, it's like just the thought (laughs) of like, oh, like that could happen, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, because I think it is because it is this found footage thing and you're in a house. It's like a normal family. It seems much more likely that it is actually happening. Right. I mean, obviously, it's a movie, so you'd think it's not, but right. But like, especially because, like, I, I like believe in ghosts, so it's like, mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so you believe in? Do you think like they could be good, or are they always evil? No, I don't. I don't think they're always evil. I think there are good hmm. spirits. Um, and like, obviously, I'm not scared of those, but it's it's the evil ones that I'm scared <laughs> of. Yeah, fair enough, right? (laughs) You don't want them killing you or doing anything. Like, I'm good. Stay away. (laughs) (laughs) And so do you have any any other favorite, like, horror stuff? So 
there's a horror podcast called the gray rooms podcast um mm-hmm. it's a little this is a little self-promotion because i'm I, <laughs> I work for them <laughs> but um i was a fan before i started working for them so it's not you know totally un- totally biased mm-hmm. um but it's uh um so it's a horror podcast every there's a like an overlying arc over the whole season but basically the premise is that the main character is stuck in the gray rooms um which is kind of like a purgatory so they every day they wake up they have to go into a room and they relive somebody's life who died wow yeah so like they go into a room and we get um stories for the rooms from writers so every room is like a different writing style and like a different oh cool yeah so yeah and then at the end of every episode the person dies <laughs> oh great <laughs> oh no yeah oh i have to listen to that so what what do you do for that podcast do you write any stories or anything um no i'm actually uh the head videographer so i do all the like all the promo videos and all the patreon videos cool. and stuff too wow oh that's awesome yeah that's lots of fun is it something that will is it like a like season based so say like oh there's x amount of episodes that we're gonna do and then move on to something else or how does that work um so we already season two finished up a few months ago okay and we have our first pre-season episode out already for season three and then cool. I believe we're putting one out this weekend for a preseason. <gasps> oh, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. It's so how can we find this podcast? Um, so it's on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Grey Rooms Podcast and it'll be there. Cool. Yeah, definitely going to give that a listen. Um, and so has any? do you have any other like horror medium that you like? Books or video games, for example? Um, not necessarily books, but I do read a lot of horror online like on okay yeah like the horror reddit like subreddits um oh is this when people actually tell stories that have happened to them so unlike the the no sleep subreddit you are supposed to take every story that's posted as fact (laughs) which is right which is terrifying yeah but because there's these like crazy like paranormal stories or just like stories that'll be like help i'm in a town alone and i can't find anybody i've been walking for miles <laughs> and like you're supposed like to take Silent it as, yeah and you're supposed to take oh. it as fact wow yeah so whether they're actually true or not is up for debate but it's terrifying right yeah even just to <laughs> think that it could potentially be true right that's scary wow yeah and i feel like that's one of those things that you could just go into like this complete black hole and spend hours reading this stuff oh yeah that that happens (laughs) and then it's like 3 a.m and it's just pitch black and it's like oh no i can't sleep and then you think of paranormal activity yes and and then i I put my head under the covers and cry (laughs) oh no So has any has any spooky thing happened to you or have you been in any spooky situation? Um well yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like a lot of like the spooky situations that I've been in I think they're spooky because I believe in ghosts. Like I feel like if mm-hmm. I 
it's you know it's just little things like oh you hear like someone coming up the stairs and there's nobody there or like knocks on the wall but anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts would be like it's just the house settling relax right and is this in your house where you live right now oh yeah (laughs) oh no (laughs) does anybody else in your family hear that thing or are they one of those that think oh yeah it's just like the pipes going or something um so me my mom and my sister all believe and we hear things and we're like oh there's there's the ghost you know right Um, and then my dad's like relax like no (laughs) Um, right but actually i was dog sitting with my girlfriend in rockland a few weeks ago and the her aunt's house is haunted <laughs> oh no and, how did you stay there oh my god i'd be like i'm sorry but i'm not coming <laughs> yeah you just like you always feel like somebody's watching you mm, and right. we were <laughs> we were on the couch watching a movie and the dog like ran over to the to the door frame and was like staring at the steps and you just hear someone walking up the steps with with what sounded like a cane Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend just goes, oh, there's my great-grandpa. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, at least it's somebody related to, like, yeah. the house, right? right? It's not just, oh, well, it's some possessed demon that we have no idea who this person is. Right. I'm um, trying to get us. So at least there's that. Maybe it's a bit more comforting to right. the family to be like, okay. <laughs> right. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, no, I'm I'm leaving. But then she she was right. she asked me to go upstairs to get the Nintendo Switch. I was like, no. <laughs> Come with me. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not going alone. <laughs> so has she seen any like seen anything in the house, or was it just like hearing stuff? Um, I don't know if she's seen anything, but they've heard things. Um, like sometimes you can hear like coughing <laughs> coming from downstairs. Stuff right, like that. and nobody's down there, kind right. of thing. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah and like doors open by themselves and things like that wow yeah it was fun it was a fun weekend (laughs) oh no i guess it's one of those things as well like if you kind of grew up with it maybe it's not as scary right so she's like used to it right i wasn't i wasn't like terrified i was like yeah things happen like this but it was just Mm. like no i'm not going upstairs alone Yeah, right. I think it's also just the thought of what if, like, what if you see something? Like, what would you do? Like, I honestly think I'm good. I I know I'm probably going to be scared, but I don't know how I'm actually going to react. Right. And I was like, I was with my girlfriend. I was like, I can't scream. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can't be scared for my girlfriend. Right. And especially because she's not. Right. It just makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um have you like gone on any ghost hunts or anything like that because i know you said you're quite interested in them so would you like purposely seek out any uh i've gone on a few we've gone okay to um i don't remember what it was called what exactly it's called but there's a fort up uh by lake george that's Mm -hmm. uh supposed to be like haunted by soldiers and stuff so we went on a ghost hunt there and we didn't really see anything. It was just, like, super creepy because it was just pitch black. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the um, environment and the ambiance, right, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we've also gone to, like, a few, like, haunted, like, old prisons and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anything there um, that you just, saw or heard? Just overall creepiness. 
Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess being in a prison, even that's not haunted, is not going to be very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we we were at, I think it was Eastern State Penitentiary, um, mm-hmm. we were walking outside and <laughs> my mom felt like a sharp pain, like on the back of her leg. And she was like, I think I just got shanked. <laughs> By like a ghost, <laughs> a ghost a prisoner. Ghost, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Did she look at her leg and be like, "Oh, there's actually like a cut or something"? No, there was nothing there. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, "You probably just got <laughs> bit by a mosquito or something." <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing, isn't it? I think it's like your brain just automatically assumes maybe the worst. I guess it is like a survival thing, right? Because you have to be in fight or flight. So if you he- see something, you're like, <gasps> "Right, I need to react properly. <laughs> right. And her but... first thought was, oh my God, a ghost prisoner shanked me. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, to be honest, I would probably think the same. Yeah. Like, yeah, the ghost did it. I was like, yeah, they went for the, <laughs> went for the ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Bring her down. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Cool. So... You told me that you really like serial killers and stuff. Oh, that makes me sound terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is a thing that people really get into. Um, I assume you're not like writing letters to anyone or any of these ones that are in prison. Okay. Because there are some people who do take it to that level, don't they? Yes, I'm not. Because they are. I don't consider myself a fan, you know? Right. You're just interested. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think there is a line drawn, <laughs> right. but it, I think they are kind of like psychologically speaking, they are interesting. Oh yeah, because absolutely. just for somebody to behave that way is scary. Right. <laughs> like it's not it's not like ghost booze kind of scary. It is a kind of a psychological thriller that I right. don't know. Like um, I don't know. Again, I don't know how true this is because you read stuff on the internet all the time, but. <laughs> Um, people say that you are more likely to have like passed by a serial killer in the street than to get like bitten by a shark or something ridiculous. Oh yeah. Have you heard something like that? That's probably not what the statistic is, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just basically that. I think you that, are more you. I think that it's you're more likely to get killed by a vending machine than killed by a shark. Oh right, or like a bear <laughs> or something ridiculous. Right. But like just to think that there is a high probability that you've passed a serial killer by in the street. Right. It's quite unsettling. Yeah, I mean, there's, as bad as it sounds, there's a lot of them, (laughs) you know? Yeah, right? Like, I didn't realize it, because when we were discussing a topic, I was like, oh, okay, let me see if I can find one. And there are tons. And I'm sure there are some that, like, we don't even know of. Obviously, right? That, like, we're not going to know everything. And then I was thinking, like, we hear about, prolific ones say in the usa in the uk and places like this but what about countries that i don't know maybe we don't get the news from right so i don't know and then yeah so (laughs) well then you think of uh ones like the zodiac killer where we have all this information Mm. but we have no idea who he is (laughs) exactly (laughs) who he was yeah yeah right um which is also scary yeah (laughs) so i don't know like is he still around I hope not. not. No, I hope not either. (laughs) I mean, mean, he would be, like, super old. (laughs) Yeah, really. Unless it's one of those things where, I don't know if this is a thing, but, like, people, it's like copycat killers. Right. So 
you kind of think that it's still the same person going, but it's actually multiple people. Right. It's just like a line so, of Zodiac killers. <laughs> yeah. It's not just one. It's many. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't... So have you chosen a serial killer to speak about today? I have. I chose Ed Gein. Cool. Who... I don't know a lot about him. So I am excited to hear about your story there's so much well, information not your story it. his story well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not one in the same i am him <laughs> this is how i unmask myself <laughs> <laughs> but i you would think you were in prison i mean i, mean, yeah, I don't know anything about dead. <laughs> he's dead oh okay <laughs> i wasn't sure at what point of life he was in <laughs> yeah, yeah all right uh am i am i starting yeah go for all it right. yeah ready so, <laughs> so Ed Gein was born on August twenty seventh, uh, nineteen oh six, in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Oh, so he's very old. Oh, he's very old. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is another thing I'm very bad at, like timelines. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you see it online, like people are like, "Oh yeah, Albert Einstein was only in the sixties or whatever," and you're like, "Oh, that blows my <laughs> mind, <laughs> right?" <laughs> like, so I quite like that. There's like times. Explain yeah. to me, because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I think 1990 was like 10 years ago, but it obviously wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. So yeah, early 20th century, Plainfield, Wisconsin, wow. just, you know, chilling. Um, <laughs> he, his story actually kind of inspired, like, the entire horror genre of, like, movies and stuff and books. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lamb were all based on him. Wow. Yeah. Popular guy. <laughs> um, so the FBI actually defines serial killer as someone who commits at least three murders with a cooling off period in between, which is why, like, there's so many, because it, it doesn't take a lot to become a serial killer. No, I was going to say three is not a lot. Like, it's a lot. Like, one life <laughs> taken is a lot. But to, like, categorize somebody as a serial killer, three is actually not a lot. Right. <laughs> Um, so technically, Ed Gein doesn't fit the description, but, like, the brutality oh. of his murders and crimes were, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, he's a serial killer, like, by proxy. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically, like, his father was a lazy drunk, his mother was, like, super strict and religious and judgmental of everybody. Um, like, even more than everyone else in 1906 Wisconsin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so his mother, Augusta, believed that sexual urges and the action of men were the reason that society was, like, crumbling. Okay. And, uh, women were just as much to blame, uh, for turning the world into a sinner's paradise. Oh. Which, I'm here for it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess she just blames everyone, right? Fairness and all that. Yeah, she's like, everyone else, you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she basically just thought that, you know, sex was the worst sin a person could commit. And mixed with the fact that her husband uh, spent all of his money on booze every day, uh, made for a very unhappy marriage and home life for the Geens. Mm. Um, so Ed's older brother, Henry, was born in 1902. Um, Augusta never liked him. <laughs> like from when she never he was... liked her own son no like the wow. oldest the oldest son ever since he was a baby she was just like yeah you're just like i have to take care of you i guess but um, then she had another one well she... so <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she thought that um, when she had a daughter that her like maternal instincts would kick in. Um, but then right. She, but then she gave birth to Ed. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so she decided that because she was cursed with two boys, she might as well raise them to be pure. In her quest for the perfect righteous son, she created the most perverse man <laughs> to ever exist. Yeah, wow, good job. Yeah, I mean, and it never ends well when you try to, like, make your child pure, you know? Yeah, it doesn't really ever end well, does it? Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, Ed always recalled um, his mother as being, like, kind and compassionate, but in reality, she just terrorized them. Um, So, like, one story that he told was he was standing at the top of a flight of stairs, and she just kind of, like, yanked him away and just, like, shook him but didn't tell him what he did wrong. Oh, no! So, like, that's that, you know, stayed with him. Um, but she mm-hmm. was also, like, incredibly overprotective, so it was, like, Ed had a fear and a reliance on his mother. Right. Um, like, when he was seven, his mother sent him to the store to buy bread. On his way home, he lost... Or on his way to the store, he lost the money. Uh, when he returned, she told him, you dreadful child, only a mother could love you. We're like, but you do, don't you? He's like, I'm trying here, Mom. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, his his whole story is just real, real depressing. Um, so 19- Yeah, I think it is one of those things where the, if the foundation isn't good, then <laughs> they're not really going to have a great chance, are they? Right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So in 1940- Especially with this guy. Right, yeah. Since we know how he turned out, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in 1914, the Geens purchased a 195-acre farm six miles out of Plainfield. Um, Augusta wanted to keep the boys as isolated as possible, so she thought that this was the solution. <laughs> no. Um, her overprotectiveness and compulsion to keep Ed pure came with disastrous results regarding Ed's development. He developed a warped and incredible incredibly fragile sexuality um his father was no help beating ed so badly that his ears would ring for days after the fact wow augusta and george who's ed's father um never considered divorce despite the incredibly toxic environment (laughs) that they Uh had um they just kind of accepted the situation and never left the farm and ed never learned how to fit into society um she uh, his mother kind of just shut down any like social instincts that the boy had oh no yeah so uh whenever he would try to make friends his mother would be like no that kid is evil because their parents are sinners <laughs> wow which is like if sh- she's calling the parents sinners because they like had sex and had a kid right <laughs> but she did it twice <laughs> but you have two <laughs> like god turned a blind eye when she did it and that was fine i I don't get it so she was she's crazy (laughs) (laughs) um uh when he was a kid he'd rarely make eye contact with his classmates and usually wore an unsettling grin uh grin mimicking mannerisms and laughing at inappropriate times he could hardly bring himself to speak to a girl just staring intensely instead oh because he didn't know how to speak to her which yeah but, I mean, he also kind of invented, like, the male gaze that makes everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy brought a lot to society, you know, to pop culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ed eventually became a babysitter. <laughs> 
he was he was pretty great with kids and he became known as a good-hearted trustworthy guy oh well yeah that could have gone so bad (laughs) it really could have (laughs) um ed's mother became a point of conflict between him and his brother um when his older brother henry was like maybe you're just like a little too obsessed with mom Mm. and that led ed into his first breakdown and possible murder wow how old was he at this point um it was 30 or it was 1944 so he was 39 okay so he's much older now yeah 38 or 39 right okay um so in 1944, he reported his brother, uh, Ed reported his brother as missing after a fire um, had gotten out of hand on their property. Um, according to Ed, the two had split up to try and contain the fire. Ed fled to safety. It was too dark for him to look for Henry alone, so he went into town looking for help. When Ed brought the search party to the field, he managed to lead them straight to his brother. When confronted about the how he found the body so quickly, he just replied, wow. funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> No remorse. Savage. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so he's like, funny how that works. Um, and he was like, oh, my brother must have burned to death. Like, that sucks. Um, and then, <laughs> but the body, like, it was on, like, scorched ground, but the body and his clothes didn't have any burn marks. <laughs> right. And he had severe um. bruising to his head. Um, uh. But Ed was like, he burned to death. And the townspeople were just like, yeah, Ed, you're harmless. Like, that's fine. He probably just burned to death. So he got away with it. So he, right. He gained everybody's trust by looking after all these kids. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone just kind of, like, was like, okay, yeah, Henry's dead. He must have burned to death. That sucks. (laughs) They just took his word for it. Yeah. Because Ed was was a trustworthy guy, you know? Right, of course. He would never lie. Right. Um, All Ed cared about was that um, all that was left of the Geens were the ones that mattered. It was him and his mother. Right. Um, and his father passed away, I guess, by this point. Right, his father had already passed away. Right, okay. Um, so the year after that, his mother died of a stroke after finding out that her neighbor was living with a woman out of wedlock. It stressed her out so much that she had a stroke. Wow. Ultimate sin. <laughs> <laughs> died by heart attack she, caused by sin. Yeah, she went, Christ. um, like, her and Ed went to buy some, um like hay bales from the neighbor and like didn't like they were like having a fight and the like the fact that they were fighting didn't upset her it was just the fact that they were living together out of wedlock and uh yeah she she had a stroke a week later (laughs) oh my goodness the stress just like built up yeah they said (laughs) said that that was all she talked about for a week and then she just dropped dead (laughs) imagine being the neighbor's Honestly. And knowing that, like, you and your sins had, like, yeah. this, like, very minor, irrelevant thing right. has caused this woman so much stress that she just died. I mean, apparently the neighbor wasn't a great guy. He, like, beat their dog to death. Oh. But, oh. <laughs> but, but that didn't stress her out as much as the fact that he was living with a girl. Oh, right. Okay. Fine. So it's fine. <laughs> um. Not many people showed up for the funeral, but Ed absolutely fell apart. He was able to pull himself together enough to say a few words, stating she was too good, just much too good for all that suffering. Um, We don't know for sure if his mother's death was the cause of his deviancy um, or if it was just like a catalyst for something Uh that was bound to happen anyway. 
Right. Um, after that, he got he got really into reading, but he started reading the wrong things. <laughs> oh no! He would he would read like crime magazines and stuff like stuff that detailed like super gruesome murders. Um, but he right. also became inspired by um, the activities of Hitler's worst guards. <laughs> um, and he became he became obsessed with the thought of creative ways to use dead bodies. Oh, oh I yeah. can't wait to hear what he did. <laughs> he, he, he called them arts and crafts. <laughs> what? He was like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. His arts and crafts projects. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> Um, even after, you know, the murder of his brother and everything, he was, uh, generally accepted in his community. <laughs> um, oh. his social awkwardness would cause people to hesitate, like the time he, um, he was told a terrible story about how a man was brutally mutilated by a combine and Ed just giggled instead of showing any kind of remorse. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like, isn't, that's, that's a red flag. Yeah. I and, wonder if he got on with the neighbor. I don't know. Like, were they friends? Did they beat dogs <laughs> together? Yeah. Um, I don't think he was into, like, animal cruelty, though. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Just humans. Just humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> about a year after his mother died, Ed started showing signs of schizophrenia, claiming he would hear his mother's voice as he fell asleep each night. That was followed by visual that visual hallucinations uh like when he claimed he saw faces in piles of leaves which is uh, terrifying that's scary yeah <laughs> i would not like to see that um so he began to feel the need to see a woman's body though according to him it was not for sexual reasons um however he had no idea how to communicate with women and paying for a woman's time would be sinful so he decided that his best option was the graveyard um, they can't say no, can they? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alright, so after attempts to resurrect and reanimate his mother failed, he decided to dig up the grave of a woman named Eleanor Adams, who had always reminded Ed of his mother. <gasps> so so he... somebody he knew. Yes. I guess. Yes. Right. Um, oh, wow. All of yeah, all of his victims, everyone he dug up um, or murdered, ended up uh like none of them were strangers because the town was so small right makes sense right um so yeah he wanted to reanimate his mother but it failed um how so he was real upset about it he would just <laughs> he would just go to the grave and kind of like use his willpower to like try and reanimate his mother oh, okay yeah we which is like from the dead which that. is very hmm. sad <laughs> yeah yeah i guess he has no one else Right. That he trusts I mean, like, like he trusted his mom. He killed his mom. He killed his brother, you know. Like that's your fault. Well, yeah, well cuz Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't care because he obviously didn't like the fact that he said, "Look, stop." With right. This mom obsession. Right. All, like, well, all, that's it. I'm done. Right. All he you. cared about what his was his mother. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Um so he dug up Adams, pulled out her or pulled her out of the coffin and took her home. <laughs> um oh. he <laughs> He began making grave robbing part of his routine, scanning the obituaries in the paper almost daily looking for his next victim. So they would be fresh as well. Yes. So the day after wow. the okay. funeral, he would go and dig them up. Um, <laughs> so he said he dug up these corpses to gather materials for his art projects. 
Um, uh-huh. He ended up making leggings, a vest, and gloves out of human skin. He would wear these and dance around the house because ever since he was a boy, he always had a secret desire to feel what it would be like to be a girl. Right. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's where the Silence of the Lambs right. kind of killer comes into play because he... Did he put the face on and he was dancing around, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Um, right. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs was that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was how he ended up using his victims as decorations. And then Psycho was kind of um, like his obsession with his mother. Right, yep. Um, so he also had four masks made from the uh, faces of his victims hanging on his walls. And he later admitted to wearing them. Which, like, can't be comfortable, right? (laughs) No. Right. Well, because, like, when you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can see Leatherface. He has to have his head, like, tilted up so that it doesn't fall off because (laughs) it'll be slippery. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I also, he didn't go out at least, right? Because that would be a bit more difficult. Like, the wind blows and then it just falls to the point. (laughs) The face just flies away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't leave the house much, and unless it was, you know, going to the graveyard. Right. Um, so Mary Hogan was Ed's first confirmed murder victim. Hogan was Augusta's opposite when it came to how they viewed the world. However, they did have some similarities. Like Ed's mother, uh, Mary had a thick German accent and owned her own business. Um, she owned the local bar, the Pine Grove Tavern. She was loud and confident with a foul mouth, but she was always nice to Ed. There was just something about her that made Ed twitch. <laughs> uh, Mary had a striking resemblance to Ed's mother, but would tell dirty jokes and contribute to the wickedness of the world. Um, wow. just because she was like funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. How dare she? Yeah. Like Ed would hate me. <laughs> <laughs> He would hate everyone and everything. I mean, yeah, because because <laughs> they're, they're not his mother. Yeah. Um. So on December fifth, nineteen fifty-four, Ed uh, decided to rectify the injustice, and while Mary was closing up the bar, Ed pulled out a thirty-two revolver and shot her. Um, what? Yeah. Like, just she was closing up the bar, and he was like, "Hey, pulled it out, shot her." Um. No leads in the murder were found, so the police just kind of threw up their hands and just was like, "Oh, she just she disappeared." <gasps> wow yeah they gave up like uh, immediately just like they did with the fire yeah i mean that police station needs some like vetting or something oh, and, because like, they are just shit at their job right and like i get it it's the 50s like there's not much yeah. you can do when someone just like disappears but like at least try you know <laughs> yeah because that i think a gunshot there has to be evidence left behind blood where's the like maybe the exit wound the like the bullet or something something has to be left behind because i highly doubt he's gonna be thinking oh yeah i need to clean up after this because his main priority is to probably get her home right um which is weird because (laughs) i guess because the police never found any evidence there's nothing about Mm. the evidence that was found so it's like did he just like clean up really well or i guess they would just didn't look so they're like "Eh." and then i guess over time yeah i guess that's it yeah it just went um If anyone had taken Ed seriously, he would have been caught immediately because during a conversation with a few other farmers, someone joked that if Ed had spent more time courting Mary instead of gawking at her, she might have been home cooking him a meal instead of closing up that night. Ed replied, she's not missing. She's at my house right now. (gasps) Yeah. 
There's your evidence, guys. Every, everyone is just kind of like, haha, Ed, you're so funny. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. And but then, he's like so, I would imagine that he's like so awkward that you would not think that that was a joke. Right. Like, yeah. if, you, if you were the person that Ed told that to, I'd be like, haha, Ed, that's not, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> or like challenge him instead of just laughing at him. That's right. ridiculous. Um, wow. But then anytime someone mentioned Mary Hogan, Ed would say, she's at the farm right now. I went out and I got her in my pickup truck and took her home. Oh, so he said it more than once. So he, yeah. So then like, every, wow. anytime someone mentioned it, he would just say like, yeah, she's at my house right now. Like if anyone took him seriously and went to check, <laughs> like they would have figured it out. Yeah. Because <laughs> wow. they would have found her body. A boy named Bob Hill, who was the closest thing Ed had to a real friend, said that Ed had showed him two preserved human heads that he claimed came from a cousin who picked them up in the Philippines during World War II. Hill's parents So fully... we're just carrying a heads around now, are we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Hill's parents <laughs> just fully accepted that Ed owned human heads, so the incident was brushed off. Like... What? <laughs> Can um... you imagine if your friend was like, hey, look at this head I have. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't care where you got that from. <laughs> yeah, like, why does it matter that it can't, that, like, your cousin picked it up in the Philippines during World War II? Like, I don't, I wouldn't want no. that. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, they just decided he was the oddball of the town, so it was just something that an oddball would have in their home. Oh, okay. So they're just normalizing his behavior. That's yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> um, at this point, there was just nothing stopping uh, Ed Gein from killing another woman that reminded him of his mother. Um, and then he met Bernice Warden. <laughs> so she was the owner of a local hardware shop. Uh, she hated when Ed came in because he would just like hang around and be like, hey, want to go to the movies? Want to go skating? And she was like, no, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least he tried this time. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least he like, you know, he was talking what to did her. Take her on a day? Yeah. Um, uh, she also looked like Ed's mother. Um but again, was why are all these girls looking like the mom? Honestly, like I think he he just <laughs> I don't know if he sought them out or if everyone in 1950s Wisconsin looks the same. Possibly, I'd imagine it's a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bernice was stricken with immorality. She had stolen her husband from another woman who ended up committing suicide over the affair. According to Ed's mind, this meant this meant that Bernice had to go. Sin, right? Yes. So, so <laughs> much sin from Bernice. Um, on November 16th, 1957, Ed walked into Warden's store at 8 a.m., the town being deserted due to deer hunting season starting up. Ed came in asking for antifreeze uh, since Bernice was having a sale. Before he left, he asked for one more thing. He was in the market for a new rifle. Bernice handed him the Marlin that was on display behind the counter, then looked out the window at a parked car and said, I do not like Chevrolets. This would be, uh, these would be her last words. Ed loaded the rifle with a 22 bullet he brought from home. While Bernice, uh, was still looking out the window, Ed killed her with a single shot. Wow. Could you imagine your last words being like, I don't like Chevrolets. <laughs> that car is shit. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, that's so sad. And he's so sneaky that he brought a bullet back. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. It's it's weird because you wouldn't like he doesn't seem like a kind of guy that would have such a 
specific plan for these things. Mm. Yeah. Um, but clearly. Wow. <laughs> he's smarter than we thought. <laughs> um, he claimed that the whole thing was an accident, that he'd loaded the gun to make sure it took his favorite bullets, and then was checking uh, the sights when it went off, killing Bernice. Uh-huh. The evidence told a different story. So this one, he left, I guess, enough evidence that <laughs> police were like, it's you. Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, so they found a pool of blood far too large for a single twenty-two bullet to the head. They believe that Ed had followed hunting procedure and slit her throat, which is done to deer to improve the taste of the meat. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just no words. <laughs> um, while other men in town were hunting for deer, Ed was dragging Bernice Warden into his slaughterhouse. Um, he most likely followed deer dressing procedure, removing the head, then making specific cuts and removing her insides. He claims to remember none of this. Um, mm. So he says that a lot. Like, after he's caught, he is like, I don't remember anything that happened, so I don't know. Like, I guess I did it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like, so but, he didn't even just be like, yeah, I don't remember, it couldn't have been me. Right. He just went the complete opposite way. Okay. He was like, yeah, I mean, I believe, I, like, I guess that must have happened. <laughs> I think he had just, like, totally, he was already, like, I don't know, in 57, he was 51. Uh-huh. So, all right. So, later that night, um, the night after the murder, he was back at Bob Hill's house uh, when Bob's brother burst in. Uh, through the door and uh, told him about what happened at the hardware store and Bob and Ed were like let's go find out what the commotion is and they were waiting for the truck to warm up and officer Dan Chase and deputy Poke Spees uh, pulled into the driveway (laughs) Uh Um, they walked over to Ed's vehicle and asked him to come with them they questioned Ed about what he'd been doing that day twice over when the stories didn't match they called him out with no mention of Bernice Warden Ed blurted out somebody framed me (laughs) Wow. You framed yourself, buddy. (laughs) They were like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they also found the jar of antifreeze with his name on it on the counter. So he didn't take that back with him. So everyone was like, oh, he must have been here when she died. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, While he was being questioned, police were searching his home. They found Bernice's pale, blood-drained corpse. Um, They went further into the home and found that he had scattered Bernice's parts across multiple rooms um, when they found her entrails, they were still steaming. Wow. Um, there was a rumor going around that Edgeen was a cannibal, um, but that was only because they found Bernice's heart near the stove, but it was never proven that he ate any of his victims. I think he just, like, happened to throw it up on the counter by the stove. Um, they found her head in a burlap sack between two mattresses. Uh, around 30 hours after his initial arrest, Ed came clean and told him where all the body parts came from. Um, he claimed to remember none of the murders, but he knew he had done them. Um, the people mm, of Plainfield... That's remembering. <laughs> yeah, I guess... I guess he knew that he did it, but didn't know how? Or, like, what had happened? Right, I see. Yeah. Um, the people of Plainfield weren't buying into any of his excuses. He had put the town through hell. The case was covered extensively, and many stories were published with headlines like, 300-pound man recalls pinch and remark by Gein. <laughs> So Ed Gein had gone up to this guy, like, pinched his belly and been like, you'd be good for roasting. <gasps> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that I just love that headline. 300-pound man recalls pinch and remark from Gein. Do you think this man appreciates his weight being put in the newspaper? 
I don't like, I mean, I know like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't, but like, is it relevant? I guess. I don't know. I uh, guess they wanted to prove that he had a belly on him. I guess. Like, yeah. Nobody's going to want to like cook some skinny guy who's got no fat on him. This is true. <laughs> um, but also, he wasn't Gein's type. I mean, he might have looked like Gein's mother. <laughs> but... <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Maybe um, he wanted to try something different. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ed Gein was eventually diagnosed as schizophrenic. Um, he was unfit to stand trial. He died in a mental hospital in 1984 at the age of 78. Um, wow. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Like, 84, I mean, it was a while ago, but like it wasn't that long yeah. ago. No, exactly. You know? It's pretty recent. Um, so his house was set to go up for auction, but the townspeople burned it down rather than let it become a shrine to his, uh, to this mm. evil man. Right. So yeah, it's the story of Ed Wow. Gein. <laughs> so do, do you have any more information about his leggings? You said he meant leggings. <laughs> um... Uh- what are you asking? <laughs> he, he made leggings. Yeah. Like, he, uh, I can't even think of, like, how, why, I'm, just what. Uh. I mean, I'd imagine, because it said leggings, a vest, and gloves, I think he was trying to make, like, a skin suit out of a woman so he could feel like a woman. Right. Oh my god. Like apparently with the with the vest he left like the breasts and everything, so Right, I see. Yeah. I mean But I mean that's... like just shave your legs. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't need to make pants. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's oh my god. Like I cannot I don't I just But also the craftsmanship right like Honestly. as awful as it sounds like that's gonna take so much effort right they it's truly were it. his arts and crafts <laughs> i mean he must have spent a lot of time doing yeah that. it's like aren't you're a farmer don't you have other things to be doing <laughs> <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah it's great. Like, when, uh, he's the guy that a lot of people, like, when you think serial killers, it's like, oh, Ed Gein. Like, he's one of the biggest right. ones in this community, in this weird community that I'm in. <laughs> that <Yeah>. serial <laughs> so he did only kill two people. So he was close to being a serial killer. Right. But because, uh, I guess. he had visited graveyards upwards of 40 times in a span wow. of five years and, you know, collected bodies. So yeah. they were like, you know what? We'll add you to the list, Ed. Yeah, fair enough, right? Yeah. That's not very good. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to find, like, pictures of him and stuff to oh, put he's on. Oh, he's a creepy-looking guy. Really? Yeah. I'm always intrigued as well because, like, I don't know. When you see them, you're like, oh, is that that's what they look like? For some of them. But other ones, you're just like, oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> suits his uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to look him up. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if um, can I have find pictures yeah. of his skin suits. Probably. You know what? I bet you can. Probably. I'm gonna look it up now. Oh god. <laughs> if anybody ever like goes through my internet history, they'll be like, "What in the world?" Yeah, we're gonna get put on some kind of up? list. Yeah. <laughs> Edgine bodysuit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, it's there. Is it? <gasps> you can see. Yeah, you can see the um, the vest. 
Yeah, and like the skull. Wow, the gloves, a belt, as well. But like, where is this stuff now? Oh, I don't know. Like, like it's not really something you'd want to put in a museum, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless maybe they do like gave it back to the family, and then they could do like a proper burial. Or Possibly, I but know. I mean, like, what do you do with like the pants that were probably made of like three women? You know. <laughs> True. Yeah, you can't just like cut it up and be like, "That's yours, and this is yours." That's <laughs> awful. Oh, maybe they just like cremated it and know. scattered the ashes somewhere nice or something. I hope awful. so. Oh, these poor people. Hmm. Are oh, you looking at his stuff now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Like, he, like, reupholstered chairs with, like, flesh. <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, his house must have stunk. Honestly. Because and he had no dead bodies don't smell nice. And he had no electricity. Ugh. So, in the summer? Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he didn't have anybody going to his house anyway, so it was fine. Yeah, this is true. But, God. That's awful. Couldn't be me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Um, so I have a story of a serial killer, if okay. you'd like to listen. I would love to listen. Um, cool. So have you ever heard of Harold Frederick Shipman? He's also known as Fred Shipman. I have. I you don't, have? I don't, uh-huh. I don't know much about him, but I've heard the name. Yeah. So um, I th- I'll explain to you why I think he's scary at the end. <laughs> okay. But um, basically, he was um, an English general practitioner, which they call a GP here. Um, and he's believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history. Um, he was born on the 14th of January, 1946. So he studied medicine at Leeds School of Medicine, graduated in 1970. Um, he then went to work at a general infirmary in Pontefract, which is in Yorkshire. Um, and then in 1974, he became an actual GP um, somewhere else. Uh, the following year, he was caught forging prescriptions of pethidine or Demerol, not really sure what it is, but for his own use. Um, the board of directors of medicine found out and he was fined 600 pounds. And they were also like, uh, you've got to attend a drug rehab clinic. And he's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so he did. Um, but he still continued practicing medicine. Um, so he went somewhere else in the 80s. And then later established his own surgery. Um, and he was obviously quite well respected. He was a doctor. Um, and then in 1983, he was interviewed in an edition of the Granada television documentary, World in Action, on how the mentally ill should be treated in the community. So, like, you think, okay, nice guy, right? He has everybody's best interests at heart. Right. Just, just um, a little bit of a drug problem, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. fine. He, yeah, he was. He paid his fine. He did his time at the rehab. It's fine. <laughs> in March 1998, though, um, there was uh, somebody called Deborah Massey uh, from the Frank Massey and Sons Funeral Parlor, um, a doctor called Linda Reynolds from the surgery nearby. Um, they both expressed concerns to the coroner of the district because they were like, "Look, there's a high death rate among." this guy's patients. Um, In particular, the doctor was concerned about the large number of cremation forms for elderly women that he had needed countersigned by the coroner, uh, sorry, by the doctor. So police were unable to find sufficient evidence to bring charges and close the investigation. Um, 
and after it was closed, he allegedly killed three more people. So in August of that year, yeah, yeah, he's just like, yeah, it's fine. I got away with it. Why not do more? So in August of that year, um, a taxi driver called John Shaw told the police that he suspected Shipman of murdering 21 patients. Um, he became suspicious because many of the elderly customers he took to the hospital, they seemed to be in good health. They later died in Shipman's care. Oh, no. Um, yeah. So Shipman's last victim was a woman called L Kathleen Grundy. Um, she was found dead at her home on the 24th of June, 1988. Shipman was the last person to see her alive. He later signed her death certificate, recording the cause of death as old age. Oh, I don't yeah, know how sure. old she was, but yeah, right? <laughs> Grundy's daughter... Uh, a lawyer named Angela Woodruff became concerned when her solicitor informed her that a will had been made apparently by her mother with doubts to its authenticity. The will excluded Angela and her children, but left 386,000 pounds to shipment. Oh yeah, that's not suspicious. Yeah. The lawyer then urged her to go to the police who then began an investigation. Um, the mother's body was exhumed and found to contain traces of diamorphine or heroin, which is often used for pain control in terminal cancer, cancer patients. Um, Shipman claimed that the woman had been an addict and showed them comments that he had written to that effect in his medical journal. However, this was later examined and they saw on his computer that these uh, comments were written after she had died. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah. And then, so he was arrested um, because of this forgery and was found to own a brother typewriter of the kind used to make the forged will. So good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, police also investigated other deaths that he had certified and investigated 15 cases. They discovered a pattern of his administering lethal doses of this heroin, signing patients' death certificates, and then falsifying medical records to indicate that they had been in poor health. Um, like what does he gain from this <laughs> i don't know this is yeah this is the thing like like yeah he had he had to have known that he was gonna get caught eventually right? yeah and then he just kept doing it yeah why would right? you do this on your spare time don't do it on <laughs> company time yeah i know right but i guess it's just easy right because he's in that position of trust where i don't know yeah people are gonna be oh yeah he's the doctor he's giving me medication i'm gonna listen to him Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I would... Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> but, I mean, he is a doctor. He has to be some kind of smart, right? <laughs> like, well... That. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess because he had done it so often, people were just like, all right, well, they're dead. It's fine. I guess, yeah. Or whatever. Or, like, they were sick. Because he also targeted people who were maybe at the end of their life, who were life sick, stage. Yeah. or Yeah. Um. I did see there's a there was a documentary on him a little while ago where there was um she's a woman like an older woman now and she said that she remembers as a child her mother was in her bedroom um kind of you know terminally ill mm -hmm. and she was like oh fred they all like they all refer to him by his first name because obviously he was so friendly and i i guess he did like gain their trust and she said oh you know fred came over saw my mom she was in bed um whatever so she was like my dad me and my dad were in the living room he went to see my mom did whatever he had to do did her checkup whatever then he came back in and was like oh hey can i have a cup of tea 
And they were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, have a tea, I guess. <laughs> you know, we're English. <laughs> so it's fine. Normal. Um, so they had the tea. Then he was like, actually, you know what? I'm going to go check on her one more time before I go. Oh, no. Guess what? She was dead. And so. Oh, what they, a coincidence. They, yeah, right. Fred. So. <laughs> yeah. So they think like he obviously administered something. Right. And they only found out later that he did that to kill her. Which is awful. Yeah. So that, that was the daughter that told that story? Yeah, the daughter told the story. She's like, I remember it. That's Just crazy. being like, yeah. It's, and I guess she would have been quite young at the time. Right. But it's so weird, so that, like, that there are people that experience that, you know? Yeah, right? Like, and are still here her, to tell. And then, like, hearing yeah. about this guy. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, actually. Oh, he yeah. killed my mom. <laughs> exactly. Because I guess it's one of those things as well, is if you think it's an isolated thing, you're just like, oh, well. I guess she must have just passed away. She must have just died right. naturally. But then when all of this stuff starts coming out, you're like, oh, shit. He actually did that to my mom as well. And then I guess that's where this all kind of snowballed a bit. Where right. Everyone was one year in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Weird. So uh, <laughs> he actually went on to – so he was um, convicted and uh, put on trial. Um, on the 5th of October, 1999, which again is quite recent. Um, And he was charged with the murders of 15 women by lethal injections of diamorphine, again, all between 1995 and 1998. But bear in mind, he was a doctor since 1974, and there were loads of deaths that happened then as well. Um, So six days after deliberation... Uh, the jury found him guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery doing the will thing that I said before. It's like, um, why even add that at that point? Yeah, I know. Especially here in, in the UK, their um, justice system is odd. Oh. Uh, whereas, I, I don't agree with it at all, but I also don't know if it I agree with like American justice system either, because I think they're both... One is too extreme and one's not one is quite lenient I think so for example I know now so say if somebody was or they did multiple things multiple they committed multiple offenses Mm -hmm. what they do is they give you the time and be like right 15 years for that murder 15 years for that one um they don't add it all together whereas what I which is what I think they do in America right so if he was convicted of 15 women he would serve out 15 life sentences whereas here they're like okay well We'll give him 10 for each one, for example, but he'll do them concurrently. So he will serve out the 10-year sentence all at the same time, which means <laughs> he will only have to be in prison for 10 years. Yeah, what? it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is so bizarre to me. How so are you like, going to so... serve time concurrently? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so which is, it makes no sense to me. So in all honesty, there could be 15 deaths or one. And the outcome is still the same. Right. Because he's just going to have that one sentence anyway, which is so stupid, <laughs> I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I and also, I also I think... don't agree with <laughs> the justice system over here, but... <laughs> yeah, because that's <laughs> different way, reasons. Like, yeah, exactly. Because, like, a life sentence, they mean life. Here in the UK, a life sentence is 25 years. What? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I and depending on what the offense is, if you're like on good behavior, they'll let you out in half the time. Literally right. half the time. <laughs> so 
is yeah so this kind of pisses me off that they were just like yeah okay 15 women whereas it was way worse yeah um so the justice at the time sentenced him to life imprisonment on all 15 counts of the murder with the recommendation that he never be released to be served concurrently um, oh. with a sentence of four years only for forging the will um, and then 10 days after he was convicted he was struck off of the general medical council why he wasn't struck off straight away they were like let's wait me. let's like, wait for him to be convicted <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right as soon as you get an allegation it needs to be investigated right yeah. i don't get it so ridiculous so shipman throughout consistently denied being guilty Right, he's disputed the scientific evidence. As most serial killers do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, there, there was, in this case, there was evidence, right? But he just said, yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't me. He never made any public statements about his actions. And actually his wife, called she's called Primrose, uh, also maintained her husband's innocence, even after he was convicted. <sighs> Which is another thing to me, like, I don't know. If yeah. my husband was convicted, I'd be like, that's it. Done. Out. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no. You actually see that happen a lot in. Sorry, yeah. I'm bringing my, you know, <laughs> my no, serial no, killer do. nerdiness in. <laughs> but um, a lot of times, the ser- the person doing the killing will mm. either be like overly good to their spouse or super terrible. Um, there's right. kind of no in between. So mm-hmm. generally, if they're like really bad to their spouse the spouse is going to advocate for their innocence because they're like they're going to come for me (laughs) if i don't right yeah um but if they're if they treat their spouse really well they're going to be like no like my husband would never do that right yeah there's no way yeah wow yeah i guess it is one of those things that you don't really know yeah a lot of times they have no idea you know Mm. which is terrifying (laughs) it's like yeah exactly (laughs) like you don't know who you're married to yeah Mm. (laughs) so yeah yeah. keep your eyes open lord (laughs) yeah yeah right he's not a doctor so i think we're safe (laughs) (laughs) just don't watch wizard of oz around him yeah (laughs) (laughs) it'll unleash a beast that i don't wish to know about And so Shipman was actually is actually the only doctor in the history of British medicine who was ever found guilty of murdering his patients. And really? Shipman later, yeah, which is interesting. There's so um, many over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's this is kind of recent, but also not. So like you would think that things happened since right. then. But I did also read that there is now like a Shipman, Fred Shipman paradox kind of thing where doctors will now specifically not prescribe enough because they're afraid that this is going to happen right so it's gone the complete other other way so i don't know are they still i guess maybe they are potentially still harming their patients because they're not giving them adequate care because they're afraid of something that might happen right i guess so i don't know double-edged sword i guess yeah Weird. I would never be a doctor. <laughs> no, yeah, no, because look at all this that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be a serial killer, <laughs> even accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> so Shipman later hanged himself in his cell um, at 6:20 a.m. on the 13th of January 2004, on the eve of his 58th birthday, um, and was pronounced dead at 8:10 a.m. 
a statement from the prison service indicated that he had hanged himself from the window bars of his cell using bed sheets. His motive for suicide was never established, though he reportedly told his probation officer that he was considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security after he was stripped of his pension. Primrose received a full NHS pension, and she would not have been entitled to it if he had lived past 60. Um, and then so at this point, she was like, oh, actually, maybe he's guilty. <laughs> so, <laughs> She's like, yeah. he's guilty, but I'll, I'll run me my money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, maybe now he is guilty. I guess maybe that maybe they were in on this to be like, oh, yeah. Because I'm sure she'll get a nice pension for that yeah. if it was a doctor for a while. Right. She was um, like, I'll say you're innocent, you kill yourself, and I'll get the money. Like, everything works. Yeah, right? Win-win. <laughs> Win-win situation. <laughs> yeah. Fred's like, okay, um, honey. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, because he was recommended to never be let out. But even if he was let out, he would never practice as a doctor again. Right. And he probably wouldn't get any job again. I mean, say. Yeah. So his life is ruined. So what difference does it make? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so another like interesting thing was he refused to take part in courses, which would have encouraged acknowledgement of his crimes, which led to a temporary removal of his privileges, including the opportunity to telephone his wife. So I think that was kind of when she started being like, um, okay, maybe he did do it. Right. Because he doesn't. He doesn't want to admit it or do these things that would let him talk to me. But courses being like, like what? I guess like maybe like a psychological, maybe sort of like talk therapy or so if there was like, or maybe some more like rehab kind of things, if something like that to, I guess, maybe get him to open up or change his behavior. I guess maybe to rehabilitate him into the community if he was to get out. Right. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And they were like, all right, you're not talking to your wife. And he was like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Because um, I guess if he did go on these courses, it kind of said, oh, yeah, you know what? I did do that. And he just was not really into giving any kind of indication that he was gotcha. guilty. Yeah. Um, And so, more recently after he died, obviously, uh, in January 2001, a detective was selected to lead an investigation into 22 of the deaths in West Yorkshire, which um, was called the Shipment Inquiry. Um, And this concluded that he had killed at least 215 of his patients between 1975 and 1998. That's got to be like all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's why he is the most prolific because I think he's he's racked up the numbers. So I think his is like the most amount of people dead. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, like nobody's killing that many people just by, you know, running around and murdering people. Yeah, I know. Like who has time for that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Although like even so, like that's 23, yeah, 23 years. That's 215 people in 23 years. Like that's insane. That's crazy. I mean, I guess it was, right? like, as, as terrible as this sounds, I guess it was, like, easy for him to rack up the numbers. Yeah, right, because yeah. he had to visit them anyway. That yeah. was literally his job, to see people. How he didn't lose and his license <laughs> after the first it's ridiculous. hundred? Yeah, yeah, right? He had to be convicted. And not even ten days after his conviction, they were like, oh, yeah, we should probably take a look at that. <laughs> 
ridiculous. So ridiculous. Um, and then also um, J- Dame Janet Smith, the judge who submitted a report about the shipment inquiry, she said that there were also three patients, uh, three more patients, and then suspicious about another four. So it could be more than 215. We're not really sure. Um, and then also she found that he also might have killed a four-year-old girl during the earlier stages of his medical career. And so, because most of them were elderly women who were in good health, potentially. Yeah. Well, like that makes me think that 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 might have just actually been an accident. Possibly. You know. But it didn't put him off. He still did it. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oops. Yeah. Unless maybe he was like, oh shit, they saw this one, and this is a little bit less suspicious or more suspicious, whereas the other ones aren't. So I'm gonna up my game and change tactics here. I don't know. Right. I guess we can't ask him. But um they so they they did go back and do like a report and they found that in total four hundred and fifty nine people died while under his care. But they're unsure how many are murder victims. Because he was only the he was often the only doctor to certify a death. Wow. Yeah. Not crazy. I mean like, after the 215, why not just count them all? As mur- as yeah, murder? right? Yeah. You know? I mean, you're obviously going to have some people who die of natural causes, and I bet he loved that, tallying yeah. that up. But Well, do you think cause... he loved that, or do you think he was like, damn? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't... Because he wasn't yeah. the one to murder yeah. them. Yeah, he didn't get there in time. So he was just like, oh, well, maybe I won't count that He was like, oh, this was a waste of my time. Yeah, exactly. They died anyway. Yeah. Because I guess, obviously, as a doctor, you're going to have, you're going to lose some people along the way, especially in that long of a, a career, right. 20-something years. Um, yeah. So. Wow. But they estimate around 250 were specific deaths, like murders. That's just crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, There's just so that many amount people. of people? Yeah. Right? And such a small area as well. Because, yeah, the UK is not the biggest country, but it's also, like, a smaller place in right. a small country. Um, yeah. And then right. also, that had to be, I didn't like, know... half the population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that I think that was also another thing, where a lot of the um, town, they were older. So, yeah. Oh, so he was, all, like, And this they is all went spot. to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he opened up his own surgery there. Right. So he was just like, yes, this is the place. And obviously, if everybody's going to him, because he's the only guy there. Gotcha. Yeah, this poor town. And then also, I didn't know this part, but in 2005, it came to light that he may have also stolen jewelry from his victims. um, Because in 1998, police had seized over 10,000 pounds worth of jewelry they found in his garage. Which he couldn't account to where it's from. Man, I bet his wife was pissed. Like, why wouldn't you give (laughs) it to me? Yeah. You just kept it in the garage? Yeah, and Damn then also fact. after the, yeah, right, it's hidden. But then I think after the fact, when they were like, "Oh, hey, what about this jewelry?" She was like, "Well, if it belongs to the families, they can come and claim it." Right. <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. Um, and then the jewelry that wasn't um claimed went to um, the police have a thing here where it's like a proceeds of crime. So what they'll do is they'll auction it off or sell it, and then it goes back into the police as if it's like a charity kind of thing. Gotcha. So I guess she. Maybe she came to terms with it and was like, all right, you can have it back. 
Well, I guess also she turns into Gollum and she's like, my. She's a little dragon sitting on her gold or whatever. But I guess if he did steal it, it's proceeds, not proceeds of crime. What is it? Not hers. Stolen goods. Yeah, exactly. So I guess she had to, otherwise she would go to jail as well. Right. Yeah, she's like, no, yeah, I'm so... set with my money, my husband's pension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if that, can you imagine if that will had gone through as well? That's three hundred and fifty-eight thousand pounds. Like that's insanity. And that was back in what year was that again? Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. A lot of money now. Imagine yeah. what it was then. But yeah, but I find him quite scary because he's a doctor and he's somebody in a tr- like. A position of trust, right? This is why I don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody lies. Yeah. Says house. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's why, like, at least, I guess, with, like, Ed, kind of know what you're going to get. Right? Right. Like, oh, like, that weirdo. Yeah, he's, down a, the road. he's a weirdo. Stay away from him. Yeah. But, yeah, in this case, you're just like, oh, he's the doctor. I'm just going to go. I've got, like... I got shanked in the leg. I'm going to go check it out. I got, sh- <laughs> I got shanked in the leg. <laughs> but, so, yeah. So, I think, yeah. That's, and the, the just the a sheer amount of people he killed, either killed or died under his care is, is crazy. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah I, definitely people like that, people who use their power like that to kill people are more scary to me than people who just like run around murdering people because it's like yeah you just rack up the numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah like trust this guy you know with exactly. your life literally and, yeah literally yes exactly like you're on your deathbed in your bedroom right and this guy just comes and that's it like i don't know is that what they wanted maybe but also maybe not how do you know whenever you can't ask them <laughs> but that's also not a thing in this country right so like you can't have assisted is it assisted suicide i don't know whatever it's called yeah but i don't know that's not a thing here <laughs> so even if they wanted it too bad still a crime obviously right i mean but, i feel like he wasn't doing it to benefit the patients <laughs> no i mean he did try to it looked like in some cases tried to benefit himself but right. failed um, but he still kept doing it so i don't know I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because I'm not a serial killer, but <laughs> that's I... what we've learned. <laughs> I just, I'll keep saying it. <laughs> I have deniability. Um, I just don't. I don't get it. You know? <laughs> no, I like. It must be something because, like, for this one, he must have gotten some kind of thrill because there's he didn't get anything out of it. Except right? Like he tried. <laughs> yeah, but, but even it was that, sitting in the garage. Yeah, right. He didn't even sell it. So he was just like, oh, well, tried it. It's fine. I don't really care if I get nothing out of it, but I'm still going to do it. Right. And, and it had kill to, hundreds of people. It had to bring him something. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning about other ones. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to get worse <laughs> i bet right because this like yeah there were a lot of people in this guy but it wasn't i don't know 
Yeah. It wasn't brutal, <laughs> maybe. Right. It was just an immense amount. But yeah. I don't know. Can't Still not it. nice. It's not a very nice Still, thing. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> not great. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there are some really terrifying ones out there. Yeah. I think yeah. uh I think my next one is gonna be BTK, who's like Yeah, see I don't think I've heard of that one. I had to look it up. So I'm intrigued. I won't look anything up. I want I wanna hear the story fresh from you. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um thanks for joining me tonight, Hale. And um hopefully we'll have you back soon. We can do like a mini series of serial killers. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, is there anything else you'd like to add or say? Um, I don't think so. Thanks for having me. No? Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a blast. A really fun time. Yeah, me too. Um, cool. So, thanks everyone for giving us a listen. Um, you can find us, as always, on Instagram, where I'll put some pictures up of our, our two serial killers of the day. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, um, and Instagram. Thanks, everyone. Bye! <laughs>